Hey, hey, and welcome to the Happiness 2.0 podcast, the show that explores the ideas and tools that anyone can use to live a happier and more peaceful life. I'm your host, Edward G. Dunn. I'm your co-host, Nick Whitaker. Let's go do some happy. Welcome to the show, gracious host. Here, as always, with my dear friend and partner in podcasting mayhem, Nick. Nick, how are you today, my brother? It's a happy day, buddy. It is a happy day. <laughs> it is indeed. It's Friday. We're recording this on a Friday. And uh, yeah, so uh, I'm digging this Friday thing, man. Yeah, me too. And, you know, we're, we're hanging out together again and yeah. enjoying some moments and Roger talking that. about a pretty interesting topic today. We are. Buddy. Today, we are going to delve into uh, what I suspect is a pretty con- controversial topic. And that, that is the topic of unconditional love. So is it, and, and this is, this episode is, is the genesis of this episode was a blog post on edwardgdunn.com um, that, that I wrote recently and is up. You can check it out there. Um, and it talks about this in detail, but the, the title of the blog post is unconditional love. Um, the greatest goal or a dangerous myth. So what we're going to do today is we're going to do a little exploration around um, which of those things is it? Is it the greatest goal or is it in fact a dangerous myth? Um, you know, love is a complex and profound emotion and it, it tends to define human connections and it really shapes our experiences um, across the entire landscape of our, of our experience um, while we're on this planet. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of various forms of love, as we all know. Um, The concept of unconditional love, however, kind of holds a special place. It's, you know, it's generally kind of held forth as a pure and selfless type of, of thing that trans- transcends um, circumstances and transcends people's flaws. Um, but is it, a, is it a realistic goal um, for people? Or is it, um, I don't know, just an idyllic notion, idealistic notion, rather, um, that's dangerous and self-defeating? So um, in this episode, we're going to look at this, and, and we're going to look at the, the essence of unconditional love. We're going to look at the challenges challenges that it presents. Uh, we're going to look at its significance or lack thereof in, in human relationships. And we're going to talk about whether it's a t- something that's attainable. And, and if, if it is even a healthy aspiration to have in the first place. Um, and then we're going to look at its, its impact on, on personal well-being and, and interpersonal dynamics and that type of thing. So, um, so let's get right into it. So, you know, I think first maybe we need to, to, def- to define it, right? Sure. Okay, so commonly it's described as a, a type of, you know, boundless and unwavering affection that exists without judgment, without expectations, without conditions, this kind of thing. And it's often associated with the love a parent has for their child, um, you know, where the attachment is not contingent on any of the child's behaviors or their achievements, this type of thing. Um. Which I think even in the parent-child relationship, if you follow that definition, it is extraordinarily rare. But we're going to circle back around to that. <laughs> what do you mean you made straight Fs again? <laughs> you, you did know. what to the yeah. car last night? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You ditched school how many days this week? 
Um, but unconditional love, you know, it generally is portrayed as, you know, this all encompassing, all accepting, um, you know, wherein someone's flaws and imperfections in no way diminish the love that's, that's being received. Um, and, you know, while the notion of unconditional love, man, I mean, it's, <laughs> it is cherished, right, in literature and art and spiritual teachings. Um, movies. Movies, yeah. Books. Books, um, media, <laughs> you name it. Advertising. Yeah. Aver- ooh, yeah. Um, but it's the, the practical applications of, of, uh, of this raise a lot of questions about human nature um, and our limitations, right? And the complexities of human relationships and those dynamics um, can bring up, bring up a whole shit ton of challenges that make pure unconditional love, as we've described it here, as it's generally described, um, very difficult to attain. You know, how, how do you even bring that up when you're in a relationship? Hey, let's do this unconditional love thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, how do you go? Oh, let's. We're, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do all these behaviors that mean right. you know we're not going to have expectations. We're not going to judge. We're going to support no matter what you do. No matter you screw up. No matter what happens. Right. You get carte blanche. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. How do you approach that angle? But well, until you can tell me how both people get to participate, <laughs> well, I and mean, agree, is an un, does an unconditional love and that when you dress it up in those clothes become a condition in and of itself? Well, absolutely. We talked about this for the yeah. you know it's one big you said meta condition because yeah. it defines the entire relationship. You don't have to say another condition because right. that's it. Right. Whatever I do, I get I, you're cool. Right. Yeah. Right. Let me let me bring that up tonight. <laughs> I think I have a sense where Nick is going to come down on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> look, I think, you know, that, that when we explore this, we look at some of the characteristics of what we talk about right. and incorporate that into a relationship, which sure. makes a healthy relationship. And I think most importantly, when we talk about these kind of concepts, you have to talk to your who, your date, your spouse, who you're, whoever you're in this relationship with, where you want to achieve this kind of thing, you have to have discussions about this, or none of this is ever going to happen. Right. So, so that's the part that I want to make sure everybody understands. Yeah, absolutely, totally agree. So let's look at let's look at some of the complications associated with this, because um, in reality, human relationships are um, very much influenced by um, our emotional needs. Right. So. Um, in the psychological literature, attachment theory suggests that our early experiences with our caregivers um, generally shapes the way we connect with other people once we're in adulthood, right? So as a result of that, our expectations, our insecurities, our attachment needs all get tangled up with the concept of love. And that has a pretty stout bearing on our capacity for unconditional love, right? Um, and another thing I think this is really important is, is you know, if, you, if you're trafficking in unconditional love, um, that's going to raise some concerns about, <laughs> about setting some healthy boundaries and, and pri- prioritizing your own self-care, self-protection, right? I think that, right, so... Once again, it, you know, is, is it an open ticket or are we going to talk about what does that exactly mean? Because if you just give, I, I don't think that's why it's 
I don't think it's achievable because unconditional literally means Zippo, nothing. You can do anything and I will still yeah, go if you, there. If you take it at face value, that is what it means. I mean, and so, and so if that's the Shangri-La that we're trying to achieve in love. So I say, let's look at how these mechanisms work, pick the good stuff out of it, apply that to our relationship, talk about that with our, right. with our others and, and say, let's work on these things. Yeah. Let's do this. Right. Yeah. So, so look, I mean, I think that loving someone without condition is damn sure a noble pursuit. Um, but it's just, it isn't essential to recognize that our, that our emotional resources as humans are finite. I mean, you overextend yourself without considering your own needs, and your own well-being, um, and you can end up in some pretty murky and dark water. Yeah. Angry, depressed. Right. Self-worth goes down the tubes. Yeah. And, and, and then all of a sudden, oops, there's some conditions. Right. Yep. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the role of human limitations and you know our imperfections, if you will. And you know we're all in, we're all fallible. None of us are per- we're all imperfect beings, right? I'm first on the list. Um, Be up on the list, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, look. I mean, we all we've all got our we've got all got our baggage that we deal with. We all make mistakes, and you know, the concept of unconditional love kind of prompts us to look beyond flaws and support each other. However, (laughs) conditionally, um, when you're navigating human imperfections, um, the question really comes up as to whether, you know, boundless acceptance of another person regardless is something that, is it, A, is it, is it, is it wise? Is it smart? Is it achievable? Um, I think it's a noble quest because we don't want to be judging people, anybody, much, especially somebody that you're in a long-term or short-term relationship. Right. Right. Especially that. But not only that, but to everybody, but yeah. especially to the people that we want, that are closest to in our circle. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I'm just going to put my cards on the table. This is really where I come down on this issue. You know, the idea of loving somebody unconditionally, you know, might be seen as the ultimate expression of love, you know. That said, healthy relationships involve mutual respect, they involve communication, and they involve the ability to hold each other accountable. That's where I am with this. Agreed. And, and, and the ability to change and grow together and or, and or accept the changes and growth of the other person all along communicating in these new avenues that we've opened up by using characteristics right. of healthy love. Right. So let's talk about specifically... Um, a list of challenges that come along with this idea. Um, and the first one is, is emotional boundaries, self-preservation, you know, in romantic relationships and even friendships for that matter. Um, you've got to, you've got to maintain some emotional boundaries. Um, you just have to. Well, you know, we all carry around that belt of ammunition and pull out the shotgun shell and <laughs> blow the shit out of each other. You're right. I mean, I mean, we all do that. Yeah. Not always intentional, sometimes intentional, but we sure. all fall on that. You, the dreaded badlands sometime and, and yeah. it comes out. Yeah. So get, to get rid of that would be, or even to control it better is it. Right. And, and when you're with somebody for as many years as you've been with, with, with we, with our spouses, it's all, we know all, we know all of what the billets say. Oh, I got this one. Let me blow you up with this one or this one. I got a choice. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you'd be sitting at dinner one night and you mean to say, you know, honey, pass the sugar and you ruin my life comes out of your mouth instead. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, so, you know, look, I mean, I think it's essential to, to have these boundaries um, because unconditional love can very, very quickly and very easily, in my estimation, um, start to enable all kinds of harmful behaviors. Uh, it can compromise your well-being. Um, and, you know, I think boundaries and, and self-compassion really allow us to navigate relationships in a much more healthy way than saying, um, <laughs> do as thou wilt. Right. I mean, it's self-preservation, numero uno, but it's it's self-health as well. Right. Because you can't function with depressed, angry, frustrated, unable to sleep. All these things that crowd into you when these things are going on will kill you. <laughs> right. Right. Literally. Right. Okay, next. So let's um, – Let's talk about differentiating between unconditional love and unhealthy attachments. So, you know, while unconditional love, a lot of times I think it gets tied up um, with positive emotions. Um, I think you've got to, to, to delineate a difference between um, that and unhealthy attachments. So, you know, codependent relationships um, can very easily be mistaken for unconditional love. Can they not? What a what an, the bale of brightness. <laughs> Indeed, they can. Yeah. Because it's easy to get into these, what we, th- what, you know, these expectations that we had and we created were dark and not really where we were supposed to be. But once you, st- you create a situation and you live it at a certain time, then you're good to go. You don't care anymore. Right. I can accept this bullshit because I've got unconditional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. Again, I think it merits saying again, codependent relationships can easily masquerade as unconditional love. You know, individuals, you know, people may feel compelled to meet their partner's needs, um, whatever the cost, and at the expense of their own needs. Well, you know, how many times have you seen it in in what's going on in every day all over the world is, oh, they didn't mean to do that. I, I accept them for who they are. Right. If they just had this thing happen, then... I, I accept him for that too. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, oh, wait, I didn't care if I, you know, whatever badness just happened. Right. And I don't even need to go there because there's a right. zillion of them. Sure. But when you start, you know, allowing people to do that, I mean, where's the, where's the gate at? I mean, is it just wide open and anything right. goes? It seems to me that that's what happens. Yeah. Okay. Next, let's talk about balancing love and accountability. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, healthy relationships, I mean, they require a lot of brutally honest communication and they require, uh, an extreme willingness to address issues and conflicts in a constructive way and balancing love and accountability. I think from my own personal experience and my perspective is absolutely essential for personal growth and mutual respect. I don't think you get there one without the other. I agree with you 100%. On and, this. That's, and that's pointed at myself and my partner. Well, ag- agreed. The same scenario. And here's here's what I've been, you know, I think it, that we need to try to do something more constructive with that. Hey, these are the steps that we're going to do if this, if this situation arises. This is how we're going to talk about it. This is how it's going to be handled. Right. So going in, everybody knows this is how it's going to be done, not the yelling, you know, whatever happens beyond that point. Right. But constructive discussion back and forth, maybe even coming into it with a list of what, you know, what you want to talk about so that everything gets handled in one whack. We don't have to revisit this. Yep. We've talked about it. We've dealt with it. We've come up to a constructive 
arrangement and, and process to solve it and take care of it. Right. That, yep. I, that, that's what I want to practice. Yeah. Agreed. And I don't always do that. I'm the worst one. Right. <laughs> but I want that to happen. And so that's one of those characteristics that I'm shooting. Oh, for. I'm a pro with this. I'm sure. Never. <laughs> that's what. That's often I'm a pro with you this. Know, I hear you think you know it all. I'm like, thank God I don't, uh, <laughs> or thank somebody I don't. Yeah. Well, that's a better answer it. than maybe not. But I know more than you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would that would go over big. Oh uh, yeah, I'd go over good at my house. Um, okay, so we talked about some of the challenges, right? So I, I think we need to talk about. You know, you you stated very early on in the conversation that. Um, there are characteristics of unconditional love right. that are worth unpacking, examining, and putting into practice. And I completely agree with that. So let's talk about some of those. You want to? Sure. Okay. Uh, let's do it. So look, I think empathy and compassion are pillar components of the whole concept of unconditional love. Um, you know, it just by its very nature encourages these things. Um, And I think if we, you know, if we really make an effort to understand the experiences and the emotions of someone, we really can cultivate deeper connections and create a much more supportive environment. You know, I look when I when I was in grad school, I had a professor, a psych professor who said we were talking about the content. The the conversation was not about unconditional love. The, The concept was. Um, it was in a psychotherapeutic context and it was, you know, the question was asked something along the lines of, you know, when you're, when you're in session with, with, uh, with someone, how do you temper your near uncontrollable urge to say, why in the actual fuck did you do that? (laughs) Why would you do that? You know, because look, therapists are people too. Right. You know, and don't think that they're not looking at their um, they're not looking at their their clients, their patients in some settings and thinking <laughs> exactly that they right. are. They're still human beings. But the the professor said something that I found, you know, at the time I I tossed it around in my head for months, maybe years, um, to be honest, um, because he said something. That well, I'll just tell you what he said. He said, People always make the best decision available to them given their unique situation, circumstances, and model of the world. Right. And about half the class went, Yeah. And about half the class went, Bullshit. And I didn't really know where I came down on that. And so before I left California, um, for the, you know, the final time in school at least, um, I went to his office and, and I said, this has been bouncing around in my head like a pachinko ball for, <laughs> for a period of time now. And I would really like to, he said, I'm listening. I said, I don't know if I want clarification. I don't know if I want you to convince me. I don't know. I don't know why the hell I'm here. And I said, but I want to talk about this. And he said, okay. And he said, what is it? And I said, it's the whole people make the best choices available to them given these things. He said, okay. And I said, I don't know that that's true. And you know what he said to me, Nick? He said, neither do I. Right. And I said, then why'd you say it? And he said, because 
its objective truthfulness or lack thereof is irrelevant. What's relevant is, is it useful? Then I got it. I think in the moment of time, everybody does it as best they can. Generally. I don't think that it's untrue. I don't know that it's wholly true either. I don't think it matters. It's situational because everybody's path is different and everybody's journey perspective, all those, you know, how you, all that comes in, which was brilliant to say because in, 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 I don't know, I'm I'm not trained in any which way other than what I've read and learned. Sure. But when you look at somebody, you have to be ready to accept whatever that is. Right. No matter if it, if it, whether it was one side or the other, that answer you have to be able to let them be that. Right. That's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I looked at him and I said, that's exactly what I was looking for. Thank you. Awesome. And so, um, but look, I mean, it, it comes back to our, our, our initial point. Um, it fosters empathy and it fosters compassion. Yes. Um, because generally speaking, I do think people are doing about the best that they can do. I, you know, I, I happen to have been witness to you, an expert, my wife. Right. Expert at that. Yeah. Empathy and compassion. Yeah. So <clears throat> this brings up the topic of something called secondary gain. So <laughs> people have a tendency to do things that can be immensely damaging, not only to themselves personally, but to the people around them and to their relationships. And so when you apply this lens of people do the best they can at the moment, given their situation, um, that kind of brings up the question, well, you know, how could somebody possibly think that um, you should take some of the most damaging things you can behaviors you can think of some of the most self-destructive? How could anybody possibly think that, you know, shooting heroin every day um, is a good idea? How could somebody possibly think that that. Um, you know, committing a heinous, violent crime is, or, or, or assault or abuse or you know, take your pick. Right. <clears throat> and so, you know, a lot of people at first blush would look at what my professor said and go, yeah, that's bullshit. Like about half the class did. However, um, that perspective does not take into account the issue of secondary gain, which <clears throat> your unconscious mind Um, which is responsible for a whole boatload of your behavior um, that happens to fall outside of your, your waking awareness. That part of you, interestingly, generally has your best interest at its heart. So I don't want to, I don't want this to sound like I'm talking, I'm describing people in some schizophrenic way where they've got all these different parts of their personality, but, but they, Everyone has exactly that. Your unconscious mind, while someone decides that, hey, I'm going to shoot smack every day and they become an addict and now they're dealing with that special, unique kind of hell. The initial intent in just about every circumstance was positive. It was some part of them that says there are psychological demons in your head that are going to kill you. And this is the best way I know how to keep them at bay. Mm-hmm. So again, while it's immensely self self-destructive, there is a part of that person that is trying to do something positive for themselves. Right. And 
just because that positive intention falls outside of conscious awareness and manifests in something horribly destructive, um, if you peel the onion far enough back, enough layers back, you're going to find in almost every case, there's something there, some positive intent there. And, you know, there, there's a technique um, called six-step reframing that addresses these things that's designed specifically to unpack these layers until you get to what the secondary gain is. People who are agoraphobic, you know, and look, I'm not suggesting everyone who's agoraphobic that this is an accurate description, but in many cases, they don't agoraphobia. You don't, you're afraid to leave the house. You don't want to go outside. Well, what do you not have to do? You don't have to drive carpool for the kids. You don't have to go to the grocery store and do the shopping. You don't have to go to the dry cleaners. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to do shit. Right now, <clears throat> in some cases, is that by design consciously? Probably in a few in the vast majority. No, in the vast majority, there is something broken psychologically that that part of them is trying to overcome. And that's the only way it knows how. Right. So, Okay, so let's talk about, um, you know, in a lot of instances, unconditional love can be a source of healing and nurturing, especially in parent-child relationships. You know, so when you, you know, when you provide a framework for a child that's, that's secure emotionally, that's foundational, that can positively impact, you know, their well-being and their emotional development for the rest of their life. And... You know, I, you and I both have friends that we grew up with who had virtually no parental support. Their parents, you know, they didn't know where they were, were day in and day out and didn't care. And, right. and we've had other friends whose parents um, <clears throat> were just straight up assholes on, you know, right. bordering on sadistic. And then we had p- friends whose parents were insanely overprotective and, you know, and, and um, you know, but this much I do know, you know, I know from years in the trenches that when you find someone, an adult or a child who has an emotional support system that is intact and in place, um, that framework provides a scaffolding for a healthy adulthood. I agree with that. Yeah. 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 I think, I think, you know, a nurturing, uh, safe places is, is needed. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, another thing that unconditional love really does um, is it's brilliant at accepting human imperfections. Um, and look, a perfect unconditional love, I, I think, is bordering on an impossibility in most situations. But striving for greater acceptance of, of people's faults, their flaws, their imperfections, I think, um, can be a huge driving force in healthier relationships. Huh. Yeah, that that would be absolutely true, and and one one of the harder things to do, right? Because you see the same behaviors happening, bam, 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 up, somewhat frequently. Then yeah. you go, what? Yep. You know, just stop doing that. Well, right. that's not the way it works. Right. I mean, you have to to accept somebody. Sometimes that's you know, and I'm talking about the small stuff. What do we say right. about that? Don't sweat the small stuff. Right. You no, know, I don't give a crap what way the. the Toilet paper rolls, where you squeeze the toothpaste. To me, at this point, none of that matters. Right. All that matters is I get to spend some moments with Michelle. That's yeah. what matters. Yeah. Make them positive. Right. And if I can make that happen better, that's what this means to me. That's why I wanted to do this podcast. Right. Why I was so in tune with it was reading the things that apply to this concept. Right. But the unachievable, I don't. I don't deal in that realm. Right. <laughs> I deal in what I can do. Sure. So I found the stuff in here I can do, and that's what I'm going to do. <clears throat> I think that's I think that's spot on. Um, 
look, I, you know, we, we posed, we posited the question early on is, is unconditional love the loftiest of all goals or it is a dangerous myth. Um, it is both. Right. And, um, I think Nick, you were right on the money in your, your ideas that we take what we can from the, the popular concept and the popular <laughs> depictions of unconditional love. And we extract those that are most useful and we eschew those um, that can be destructive. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think this is a black or white question. I, I think it's a question that has answers on both sides of the coin. Right. Um, I and do, different for everybody. Right. And I do think unconditional love masquerading is, is you know, or codependent relationships masquerading as unconditional love um, is very, very common. Um, I think people not setting their own personal boundaries emotionally, um, uh, can cause huge amounts of trouble. Um, I think a lack of accountability in loving relationships, um, will doom them without exception. Yes. So all of those are conditions, right? Let's, you know, let, let, let's make no mistake here. Um, so perhaps the question is, yeah, unconditional love is, is a shitty idea. Um, but there are aspects of it, the way it's described in popular culture um, and in spiritual literature going back millennia um, that are phenomenally beneficial and productive. And I think empathy and tolerance top that list. I, I think that, yeah, I think that those are, yes, because if you can't see, even feel their, your, whoever you're with path, Right or, or the, the the whatever is going on in, in in life that's never linear. Right then then you're not going to be able to make it because right. unless you can put yourself inside of their heart, you're never going to be connected. right. You know, and I don't a, mean literally connected. You know, all that craziness. Sure. I mean, put yourself thinking like they're thinking. Well, what's the textbook definition of a sociopath? It's someone who has an inability to form empathy. Correct. So empathy. Um, is one of the, the pillar concepts at the core of the concept of unconditional love. So if you have the ability to put yourself in that person's shoes and leverage what my professor said to me about people make the best choices they have given their unique circumstances and their unique at that unique moment in time um, and their model of the world, you know, if you adopt that and you, you approach it, like he said, you know, it doesn't matter if it's true or false, it's right. useful. Right. Um, and then you extract the, those, the pillar concepts, uh, of, you know, inclusivity and, and empathy and, and, you know, all of the, all the things that the idea of unconditional love shepherds, um, then I think you, then you, I think you have a, a real shot at having a, uh, an incredible relationship, you know, whether that's a friendship or whether that's a romantic relationship or whether it's a parent child relationship or whatever the case may be. Right. And I think that it, it We've, we've given a lot of tools this time, you know, communicate, obviously yeah. have all these feelings going for you and, and, and be empathetic, but communicate that way. Right. Don't hold that information. Back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so many of us, you know, there's so many things that come into our heads, you know, during, in our relationships, our conversations, even our conflicts, especially our conflicts, um, that we just bottle it up and walk away and leave it unsaid. And, I'm not saying you need to spew everything that pops into your head out of your mouth because some of it will be horribly destructive. Like I, like I mentioned about honey right. past the sugar, <laughs> right. but, but I do think that, um, that the more communication of it, like it's so trite sounding, you know, but the more you communicate, the better it's going to go. 
and, and we don't mean an occasional note is fine. We mean talking. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about sitting down face to face. Not Facebook posing. Yeah, none of that. Yeah, we're talking about, about engaging. Conversation. Okay. That is it for today's episode. Thank everybody for tuning in and joining Nick, joining Nick and I. And we will see everybody on the next episode. Go do some happy. Hey, hey, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. You can learn more about the Happiness 2.0 framework online at edwardgdunn.com. If you want to ask a question on a future episode of the podcast, drop your question or leave us a comment in the show notes. Love, love, love hearing from you guys. And I'll see you on the next episode. Go do some happy. Happy.